Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Uh, <laughs> after an Oilers game like that, it's a cold night in Edmonton. I think it's kind of, a, for some reason, a little bit of a down night and that... Um, that that game tonight did not help. Of course, we were all ex- it was a you know we were all expecting the orders to be in tough after playing 22 hours ago, 22 hours before game time in Chicago. But um, that was a brutal game uh, on a number of levels. Uh, the orders mm-hmm. plus five three to the Minnesota Wild. Let's get into it. Our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. Bruce, did you see a good thing in that game? <sighs> Uh, yeah, a couple in the early going, and this game it was not enjoyable from the from the beginning really. Uh, but it was um, uh, <clears throat> what the Oilers needed was to uh, uh, get a couple of goals, and their big guys were you know they needed the big guys to come through and and produce a little bit of offense, and then maybe find a way to. Uh, to you know to hang on and keep a low event game and maybe even just get it to overtime and take your chances there and so we'll give check marks for uh, uh scoring um the first goal of beauty too on the power play uh dry settle uh one timer and then uh, when minnesota tied it uh on what seemed like their first decent chance of the game uh edmonton uh came right back and again the big guys dry saddle mcdavid uh produced to give the team the 2-1 lead so at least in part they had they had one part of the formula for possible success in a game where frankly uh a lot of the cards were stacked against them before uh, puck ever got dropped and this it's going to sound like whining and i'll say this every team faces games like this from time to time and usually they lose them and the way to respond to that is if you're going to lose your schedule losses, which is to be expected, the next time some team comes into Edmonton playing their third game in four nights, they played at eight o'clock the night before, and suddenly they're playing at six o'clock, and they've flown in from somewhere else, uh, you jump them and you stomp them. And that's what Minnesota did. They were fresh, rested for three days. They always played two games since the last time Minnesota played. And uh, that's the response, is you've got to beat other teams on schedule losses. And that's where the Oilers in the past have driven me absolutely nuts, where they blow games like this at home to teams that they should beat because they're tired and, you know, traveled out. And and, uh, Minnesota, to give them credit, they did what they had to do. They leaned on Edmonton and they jumped on every mistake, which was a lot of mistakes. So... Uh, anyways, that's a good thing. The good thing is they got the goals, they got the early lead, they got the, at least gave themselves a chance uh, to win it. And uh, unfortunately, the other elements of the formula, like stay out of the penalty box, don't give the puck away, uh, make proper line changes, make a save once in a while, all of those things were kind of missing. Yeah. So in the end, they just didn't have enough to uh, prevent the inevitable. Yeah, the grade A shots were uh, 12 to 6 for the Wild um, overall. So just six grade A shots for the Oilers. That's a really low, super low total. 
um, you're not going to win many games with just six grade A shots. I mean, that translates into one and a half goals. So uh, it's not like the Minnesota goalie Marc-Andre Fleury put on a goaltending performance for the ages either. Um, yeah, I was going to mention the owners had two leads, but I'll go with, I think you covered that off. So I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I did like the play Bruce of Philip Broberry. I thought this was his most settled game where he looked most um, like he's getting in the flow. He's getting in the rhythm. He was starting to make plays, playing with a little bit more confidence, not a lot of confidence yet, but um, I thought he looked good most of the game and um, didn't play a perfect game. Obviously none of the orders did, but um, again, I thought, Probably it's and this is a, a positive sign because Ryan Murray and Marcus Niemelainen really struggled. They need someone who can step in and at least play third pairing at left defense. And it would be nice if it would be great if it's him because you know the Oilers expended a high pick on him. They spent they have now spent a number of years developing him. And um, yeah, that's uh, they need they need him to come through. Um, and it looks like. He's showing a few signs that he's going to, on the grade A scoring chance front against St. Louis earlier this year, the orders had, they had one game where they just had four. Right. And they were shut out that game. And then they had another game. Their lowest total other than that this year has been eight. Against the Kings? Against the Stars, game 12, and against the Kings in game 17. So that was. was that, that game? And the grade A shots were few and far between. Yeah. Well, this one was just a, this was a really hard game to watch. Although it looked like the Oilers might somehow be able to to squeak through early on because Minnesota didn't look like it had much either. I mean, in the first period, um, Minnesota just had one five alarm shot, or excuse me, one grade A shot the whole first mm-hmm. period, yeah. just one, and it was kind of a weak one. They put it into the slot, and there was a backhand shot, yeah. and Campbell made the save. But um, other than that, in the first period, that was it. And the Oilers had scored a goal. And, you know, they only had two grade A shots the whole first period. But, you know, uh, they got a goal. It looked like it might be some kind of weird game that the Oilers somehow were going to win. But uh, not to be. Bruce, what is your bad thing? Uh, I'm going to single out a particular series of mistakes. Uh, this is on the 4-2 goal. Uh, that really put this game to bed uh, fairly early in the third period, three minutes into the third period. Uh, and it was kicked off. This is going to sound like whining again by a missed icing call by the linesman where the puck got fired down Evan Bouchard's side of the ice and the linesman figured that Philip Broberg coming all the way over to uh, the other side of the ice should somehow get to it before it went all the way to the end boards. It didn't just sort of barely reach the goal line. It beat him by a long ways. But I guess uh, Philip Broberg is not a veteran player like uh, like uh, Alec Martinez was that got that call in Edmonton there last week. Anyway, that started the problem. And these guys had already been out for a while. And Bouchard got the puck once and he couldn't clear it. And it came right back into the zone. And they were stuck out a while longer. And then uh, Bouchard got it and he dumped it up the right wing boards. And Broberry went to the bench safely for a change, but uh, um, Minnesota had the puck in the neutral zone, and Bouchard decides that he needs to go over and make a change. Uh, so he's coming all the way from the right side. Cody Cece has come on for Bouchard, and now Nurse is supposed to come on for for uh, uh, 
sorry, CC came on for for Broberry. Broberry. and now Nurse is supposed to come on for for um, Bouchard. Bouchard. So they got the left and right thing all mixed up. Uh, and at the same time, Brad Malone, for reasons unknown to me, also decides to make the change. So he comes over to the bench at the same time. And McDavid comes over the boards to take his place. And in all this confusion, Nurse jumps over the boards and then he decides, wait a minute, we've got too many men. And he circles and he kind of dives back into the bench. Well, guess what? They didn't have too many men. And when Nurse and Bouchard both wound up on the bench, they wound up with no defenseman. They have one D-man, CeCe trying to make the play on the pass and no other D-man in the slot. And of course the pass goes into the slot to uh, Sam Steele, I think was that one. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. This turned out to be the game winning goal in the end. And he, uh, uh, he, he uh, made one little f- head fake that sent uh, Jack Campbell spinning into the corner and Steele made the easy tuck into the other side of the net. And it was just a bad, bad play all the way around. Starting with the linesman, but ending with a whole lot of brutal play, decision-making, execution, you name it, from the Oilers. That was just a poor, poor exhibition of hockey on that sequence. So you think that's why Nurse went back to the bench because of too many men? It wasn't that he thought Bouchard was in a better chance to, to stop the, the rush that was upcoming? I couldn't I couldn't, Maybe re- I, if, I couldn't tell. Yeah, they never showed it. They never showed it properly. Very good the live angle. view was kind. Yeah. Of, I went. I viewed the live view about ten times, David, and I tried to figure out. And maybe that Bouchard stopped at the last minute and decided to backpedal, and then yeah, I, thought there was indecision on the part of both men. And at the, and I'm not even sure if Nurse had even jumped out over the boards and rushed back, he would have got there. Like Bouchard, it was Bouchard's primary mistake, and you know, abandoning yeah. his post with the puck on the stick of the other team and they pounced and they came up his side of the ice. And then the CC as the right D man coming on to replace the left guy, he came over to try and defend the pass and couldn't, but in the meantime, there was nobody behind him. And, you know, the two guys coming off the bench and uh, in theory, I mean, McDavid had no chance to get on the play. He'll get dinged with a minus on that one. I see Bouchard officially like it's as if nurse never, got on the ice at all because Bouchard got the minus the minus one on that one. Oh, I guess it was maybe it was Nuge and not uh what if I got the right one? No, yeah, it was McDavid. So anyway, it was uh it was um kind of the 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 once they got the two goal lead the game was over for sure at that point. Yeah. There was no way they were going to work their way in with the amount of energy that they didn't have. There was no, just they no they way. They have very little that. energy and or discipline. So, so uh, that was the seventh grade A shot of the game for the Minnesota Wild, Bruce, mm-hmm. and their fourth goal. Yeah. So my bad thing is Jack Campbell, mm-hmm. and um, you know I think I I think I've been. <laughs> I think I've been patient. They met, you know, fans have been patient with him. Many fans have been patient. But honestly, Bruce, by the end of that game, um, I was checking his contract to see if he had a no movement clause or a no trade clause. Because if he has just an, a no trade clause, they can send him to the minors. And the reason I was doing that um, was it was, of course, another pretty rough game for him. But he just, um, he, he, 
he looked so out of sorts in the net. I don't think I've seen a goalie, an owner's goalie, look this out of sorts in the net since uh, Jeff Durandalorier was in net. Um, 2009-10, I think it was the big year for him. And all year long, he was just sliding here, sliding there, always going too far, overreacting, out of the play. And that's Campbell was just out of the play so often tonight. Um, positionally, uh, you mentioned in our comments, you know, back and forth comments, you didn't think he was squared to one shot. No. And, and yeah, I was seeing the same thing. And the actual goals against, a lot of these were pretty good shots, five alarm shots, grade A shots. But an NHL goalie is supposed to stop three out of four grade A shots and two out of three five alarm shots. So the fact that he let in four goals on seven grade A shots is not at all good. We did tag him on the first goal against, this was on the uh, power play. Um, I think it was um, Kaprizov took a slot shot. Barry put it right on his stick. Barry was trying to clear the puck, and he slammed it right into the owner's slot to Kaprizov, who missed the net, and it rebounded hard off the net to a player at the side of the net uh, who put it in. And Campbell just seemed to, he was, he just seemed to overact to both the initial shot and the, the second shot, and, and it went went through him. So it's, it's kind of a missed assignment where he wasn't where he should be. It was a tough, it was a tough play because of the, the that puck coming hard off the boards, the end boards. But Campbell, um, he didn't look right on it, and he didn't look right no. all night. Um, you know, the last goal went through, like was screened by a couple of players. Like there, there was all, you know, there was lots of good moves. There was lots of nice plays by the Wild on their goals. But he, he needs to make a save. He needs to make a save, and he didn't. He didn't make saves. He started in the end. There was a number of like hard shots. There's about uh, five. Uh, five alarm shots in a row for the wild in the um, third period after they'd score four goals already. And he stopped four of those. So in the end, he, he made some saves. So maybe something to build on, but I, I do honestly wonder <laughs> whether he needs to go to the minors. Now I'm reminded Bruce that when I had come to the end of my tether last year, finally with Mike Smith and was, was also advocating along with a lot of other people that he go to the minors. That's exactly the moment that Mike Smith turned it around and went on a you know, near miraculous run um, of games in April and May. So we can now expect for Jack Campbell to turn it around and go on a, a marvelous run of outstanding play. But I don't know if he's Mike Smith. Mike Smith had a lot of physical problems, mm-hmm. and what I'm I'm not seeing that. I, I could be wrong, but what I'm seeing is a goalie who doesn't look at home in the net, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe could use actually a stint in the minors. Um, and I'm not kidding. Like, I, I, I think that, again, I don't think they're going to do it. But, um, man, he was not right tonight. No. No, definitely not. Poor, poor he, guy. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw uh, he wasn't square to the shots. Uh, I thought he was biting hard on first moves and beaten easily. Uh, by Kaprizov yeah. in front. I mean, there were a couple of them were certainly five alarm shots that were that got buried, uh, but they got buried easily. He overreacted yeah. to the the one that went off the boards, and when he scrambled back, there was like five holes in the net, and the puck hit one of them. Uh, the shot from the point, you know, was tipped a little bit, 
somehow found a hole right 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 through him, you know, where his stick should have been. Um, and I just thought, you know, his puck handling was terrible. He had like four, yeah. at least four giveaways where yes, he had to thing. play the puck and he just made a bad pass or, you know, a dangerous pass in a couple of cases. Like, he just looked completely out of sorts to me, David. And this was a game where every oiler in this game was tired. The only fresh oiler was Jack Campbell. They needed Jack Campbell in this game, and they did not get a decent performance from their goalie. And, you know, I mean, they scored three goals for him in the end, but they couldn't even get a point out of it because uh, he uh, faced, uh, what did you say, four goals on the first seven, yeah. uh, five uh, grade-A shots, and it was yeah. actually five on the first nine. Yeah. And one in between hit the post. The shorthanded breakaway hit the post, so he didn't stop yeah. that one. Yeah, and then he made three. Uh, he stopped three five alarm shots after it was five to two. Mm-hmm. So this was about the point where I decided I was. I, I decided after the fifth goal he's getting a one tonight. But I guess I have to give him a two because he finally made some saves after that to keep it from getting to be eight to two. But holy moly, this is uh, uh, this is this is just uh, uh, it's alarming to be frank. Like yeah, the, Oilers are, the Oilers have committed long term to this guy, big money five contract, years. long five years. Uh, at you know next year they're going to have to pay Stuart Skinner uh, because by by then you know it looks like he'll have he'll likely have earned the number one job unless this turns around and you know if every once in a while Campbell's will have a decent game and then he'll have two bad games. So. Would you send him to the minors, Bruce? Yes or no? I don't think they can, David. And I think they just got to hope like hell he works it out and lean on the other guy. Because, I mean, yeah. uh, the guy they signed to be number three, he's hurt. And he hasn't played for a while, Pickard. And so they've got Olivier Rodrigue down there. Well, I mean, he's actually playing pretty good. But, I mean, you're at the point where you're going to... Call him up and give him the net. That's uh, that's her. You go with Skinner and Rodrigue that played for Bakersfield last year. Two of them. Well, it's about winning. And um, yeah, well, no, I, I don't think they're going to do it. Does I, have a winning record somehow. <laughs> they're not going to do it. Wins and six losses, and they're not going to do it. Ken yeah. Holland would not do that. He's just going to. They're going to, you know, Skinner will be the clear number one, and um, he's going to get a lot of games until Campbell works this out. But. Uh, Man, he doesn't look like he's working. He, it looked like this is the discouraging thing. This it looked like it, it was like in some ways it was his worst game, um, yeah. Because he just he just um, yeah. We've I think we've dwelled on this enough <laughs> at this point. All right, Bruce, what's your number? Well, we're, I'm going to dwell on a little bit more because it's oh, okay. number two, Jack All Campbell. Right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Here we go. This is uh, uh, as of tonight, December 1st, and the stats are updated. So in the NHL, there's 31 goalies, 31, who've started 10 or more games this year. So every team pretty much has one guy who started uh, 10 games. And I think there's there's there obviously is one team that's had to split it among three guys because all the teams have played more than 20 games now. And of them, uh, Jack Campbell of Edmonton Oilers ranks 31st and last uh, with a 4-12 goals against average. Uh, second worst is John Gibson of the mighty Anaheim Ducks. 
Thank God we didn't trade for him. Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Yeah. uh, Who has 399. And every other goalie is under three. And many of them are under under four. And many of them are under three. And then on save percentage, uh, 31st and last is Jack Campbell at 872. uh, With uh, 30th guy being uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, the $10 million disaster in Florida. We can be thankful we don't have that. So I guess that's a bright light. Maybe that's my good thing in the end. So we have Campbell five years at five million, not Bobrovsky eight years at ten million, or seven years, I guess, at ten million. But uh, yeah, eight seventy eight seventy-two. I mean, what is that? So it's not good. And, yeah, it's not good. And I'm you know, I just thought tonight I thought technically he was terrible. Uh, you know, I, I like to, you know, I like to say nice things about the orders. I really can't. I just didn't see, I just didn't see much, uh, much to be positive about uh, in the performance between the pipes. And like I say, this was a game Edmonton really needed him to be sharp and, and on the ball. And if not even steal the game necessarily, I mean, obviously that would have been great, but at least be sharp. And nope, didn't happen. Yeah, I wish I could move on, but I can't because my my number is <laughs> 0.920, which is Olivier Rodrigue's save percentage in Bakersfield okay. in nine games, which is a He's been good. that's a really uh, super solid AHL save percentage. And again, they're not going to do it, but man, that looks like a backup goalie right now in the NHL. Nine twenty save percentage in the AHL. Um. Yeah, I don't know what they do, Bruce. I, I know what they do. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna ride it out. And let's just look at their schedule here and see if how many back-to-back games uh, they play. I mean, if Stu Skinner it's, it's comes every other season, day for a while now, but geez, is it? You need two goalies to do that as well. Yeah, if Stu Skinner is comes through this season playing about fifty games with a you know nine fifteen save percentage. Man, the orders are going to pay as yeah. well. They're going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. Saturday, December 3rd, Montreal. Monday, Saturday, Monday. 5th, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, okay. So we're going to see him at least twice in that spot. So he'll have his chances. This is opportunity for Jack Campbell. It's got to be a mental thing, Bruce, um, at this point, because... He wasn't this bad a goalie last year. Well, he was actually. The second the half, he wasn't year. very was good really at all. Bad. Yeah. But this, he has, as I have said repeatedly on this podcast, he's put together, on average, if you look at his seasons mm-hmm. on average, about five good pro seasons, five or six in a row, where he's been at least league average, whatever league he was in, and so sometimes mm-hmm. better than that. So this is a league, at least a league average goalie. And that's all really the orders need from Jack Campbell. You know, he doesn't have to be the 925 save percentage goalie if he's 915 that'd be great he's <laughs> 900 that'd be 900 40. tonight the orders have a point out of that game yeah you know yeah just but 900 just is uh, find a way yeah. and and again that you know the horrible thing is i was just i just had a feeling as, as i was watching this game like if skinner was a net there's a win this because the chances like you say the chances were they were in tight but they were savable he would have saved most of those. 
if not all of them, the way he's been playing. So, yikes. Bruce, I'm going to suggest that we leave it there. You've got the games to the, the game to keep grading. I do. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry about that. Not sure I'm going. Yeah, not sure I'm going to spend. I've said this before. I think this is a game where terseness is my friend. Yes. Yeah. Not my usual style. Usually loquacious when it comes to grading. Six hundred word stops. <laughs> <laughs> That's my challenge well, to you. If you terse for me take... is like anything under fifteen hundred, but I think <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Anyway, no surprise. I mean, this is a game I fully expected to lose, and they lost. I'm just still kind of a little sour about about how it went down, and specifically about that one issue in particular. Uh, I just feel but there bad. are excuses for you know reasons, shall we say? I mean, McDavid himself said the schedule's not our friend. He quickly went on to say there's times like that for all teams, but this is our time, and right now it's not our friend, and he's not wrong. Yeah, and they, the injury bug at forwards hit a little bit, and yeah, you know. Fogel's out, McLeod's, you know, just as Fogel and McLeod were gearing it up and playing, boy, they could have used those two guys tonight. Like a yeah. Yep. <sighs> yes, Apolli Arby can't score a goal for the life of him. I mean, he he got that one chance. Was that tonight going down the wing and he couldn't even get a shot off? Like, <sighs> uh, I think the D man might have got a stick in there, but yeah, he probably shot did. off. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Bruce. Uh, struggles. Thanks for talking tonight. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.